Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Hey, uh, CanadaLand is tiny. There are like a dozen of us. And yet we do reporting here that everybody else can't do or, or maybe just won't do. And as a result of that, you know about stuff that you just never would have known about otherwise. We can do this because we have support from listeners like you. Please click on the link in the show notes or go to canadalandshow.com slash join. It just takes a minute. It's five bucks a month. It is the best money on independent journalism that you're going to spend. Just go do it. When I travel across this great country, I'm lucky to meet so many people working hard to build a better future. My Canada 150 is a place where everyone has a real and fair chance to succeed. I pledge to work hard for all Canadians and to invest in our youngest leaders, you. What will your pledge be? Take the pledge to live we, because together we are Canada. We are Canada. Live we. We are JT. JT is me and me to we. We charity. So that only gets creepier if you see the actual video, which is a we production from 2017. Justin in the video is like twirling 
in place and 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 epic shots of the Rocky Mountains and other inspiring shit are projected onto his face. Uh, and then there are, are a bunch of kids. Uh, and again, it, look, it looks a lot like a campaign ad, but a campaign for what exactly? For Justin Trudeau? For we? For youth? For, for, for Canada herself? Or I don't know, maybe those are all just the same thing. Honestly, these were supposed to be questions for another day. As you heard me explain last week, what I wanted to focus on was Kenya. What happened in Kenya? What happened with former Wii senior director Santai Kimakeki, his former boss, Peter Ruhiu, who made all of those threats towards Santai when he was on the phone with Mark Kielberger? You know, uh, right now, honestly, I'm shoot the motherfucker dead right now. What was the truth of the things that those two talked about? when Peter was talking about paying off government officials and and criminal offenses that Peter said they would be found to have committed if the police ever looked into We Charity's Kenyan operation. What is the truth of the criminal allegations that Santai Kimikeki made, the unverified allegations that he made about Mark Kielberger and about the We organization on his whistleblower website? And then, just hours After we published last week's podcast telling you about all of that, Santai Kimikeki's website was scrubbed of all documents and all articles. All that stuff vanished, and it was replaced with a curt, clipped retraction in which Santai Kimikeki says that everything he'd posted prior was incomplete, inaccurate, misrepresented, and shared without context. I sincerely apologize. Well, I soon reached Santai on the phone to find out what the hell had happened and if he was safe. Here's what that sounded like. Are you able to sh- share with me the address of your apartment? I won't uh, I won't include that in uh, anything I publish. No, uh, since I can DM you, but since I'm hiding in secret, I don't want anybody to know where I live. Who are you hiding from? <laughs> I just I just moved the houses the other day and I don't want people to find out where I'm staying. Okay. Are you with anyone right now? No, just just by myself. <laughs> Jesse, I'm I'm hundred percent okay. Okay, Santai, please hold the phone. Please, please talk with me. Uh, okay, he hung up, and I have not heard from him since. Now, I kind of feel like there's a story there, and and again, that's what I wanted to focus on. As I said last week, you know, the the Justin Trudeau stuff, the conflict of interest stuff, the Ottawa stuff, that's why we have a parliamentary press corps. Those reporters are better at that stuff than us. They can have it. But then we got pulled in. The PMO flatly denied that Sophie and Justin had ever been paid by we. We flatly denied that they had ever paid any of the Trudeau family. And that's when I obtained proof to the contrary. People, we are moving ahead on the Kenya story. It will take time. Today, I'm going to tell you about the week I had, in which this thing went from 11 to 111. It is a full-blown scandal that could, but probably won't, but could take down this government. And the person who's going to help me work through all of that stuff is the reporter whose hard work and tenacity and talent cracked this thing open to begin with, Canada Land's former deputy editor, Jaron Kerr. 
Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Becca Hool, Rahul Mehta, Sarah Grahovac, Sean Stowes, Tiffany Regaudi, Wallace Curry, Michael Nicholson, and Jeremy. Hi, I'm Jeremy, uh, an expat New Brunswicker living and working as a scientist in southwestern Ontario. I support Candleland because of the entertaining shows and great hosts. Every time I tune in, I always seem to learn something or enjoy listening to the diversity of opinions um, that you hear from the hosts and from the guests. I'm looking forward to the new projects that will be coming up in the future. Keep up the great work. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. It doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. Jaron Kerr. Hey, Jesse. Introduce yourself, please, for our listeners. Yeah, I was the deputy editor of CanadaLand for about a year or so, and um, I spent most of that time working on stories about we, and I did three in total, uh, learned a bunch of things, some of which have become relevant again in the news cycle. Jaron, last week, uh, I tried to get listeners up to speed. I gave the five-minute synopsis, maybe the 15-minute synopsis of everything that you reported for us. I went through what you revealed about their corporate partnerships, uh, how they handle the media over the years, about their internal labor issues. We're not going to do that again. People can go, if they want more detail about that, they can go to last week's podcast or better yet, read your stories. But I am going to go back in time once more for a very specific purpose. What were you able to get the WE organization on the record with during your work investigating them that is suddenly important again now? 
Well, back then, I specifically asked them if the charity money went towards celebrity speaking fees, and I had actually found out that a handful of celebrities had had significant costs covered. Kendrick Lamar had a $55,000 flight covered for 2014. That was the same year that Jennifer Lopez had $250,000 covered for her to perform in Vancouver. Uh, they'd spent about $5,000 on Mikhail Gorbachev uh, and his hotel accommodation a couple years before that. And so I had asked if the charity had paid any of that money. And they said, no, those fees are 100% covered by ad revenue. Um, they earn it from broadcasting with TV and from their corporate partners. And we knew these corporate partners were companies like Allstate, TELUS, big players. And so they were totally emphatic. They said, every one of these costs that you outlined are not paid by We Charity. But the very fact that we knew about these expenses for celebrities, $250,000 for Jennifer Lopez. Before your investigation, there was no talk of them paying their celebrity ambassadors or their performers at all. All of their material suggested that these were donations of, of, of talent and time from these personalities. Uh, and it was only because you found proof of these uh, expenditures that they then gave you that rationale that no, yes, that money was paid, but no, it didn't come from the charity. Jesse, you know I spoke to a supervising producer at We who worked on many, many We Days. He'd been there for almost a decade, and he insisted. They volunteer their time. They're happy to be here. It's for a good cause. And so, you know, these are the answers I got from high up and from sort of the, the front lines uh, of We, and, and that's what they insisted on. What else, Jaron? What, what else of your work back then um, seems to be relevant as we get these new revelations? Well, I think that the relationship between We Charity and Me to We is something that we really focused on, especially in my first article. And the charity really objected to the idea that Me to We was um, something I would call a, a for-profit business, even though that's what it is. They preferred the term social enterprise, even though it's technical uh, difference. They thought it was a really important thing to emphasize, and they're not really doing that anymore. Why is that something that you feel is, again, so relevant? Well, I, I took note when they responded to you last week, and, and this time they described Me to We as a for-profit business themselves in their efforts to distinguish it from the charity. It's something that I certainly took note of because, you know, they were so emphatic with us that this, this hybrid charity corporate model is clear, it's distinct, and any suggestion that uh, there's something wrong with having that hybrid model and any confusion between their two different kinds of entities was our misunderstanding and, and a real grave injury to them. But now they're the ones who've mixed it up, at least in practice. That's what they said to you last week. Their charity paid Margaret Trudeau for some of her appearances, and that's because they say there was a mistake. It was a billing error, and it should have been the company, me to we that paid, but we charity paid Margaret by accident. But their whole model, they told me again and again, is that the company exists to pay for things so the charity doesn't have to, and to give money to the charity, not the other way around. But in this case, charity money was spent on Margaret Trudeau's speaking fees by mistake, which is what they say. Jaron, the last thing that I want to ask you about, things that were coming out of WE in recent days and all of last week, you have some context on this. The way that they have been handling the press. Brian Lilly of the Toronto Sun, he got a taste of, of what you know very well, and he tweeted this out. Uh, here's what he tweeted. I asked the PR team from WE some basic questions about why they have $43.7 million in real estate holdings in Canada. The PR team didn't respond to my simple questions, but their defamation lawyer did. So 
you know, he's like, why do you have over $40 million of real estate? And and is expecting a, an answer from their press flag or communications department. And instead, he gets a response from Howard Winkler, who, who we uh, have been pen pals with for a while. And, you know, I, I believe my analysis of what uh, Brian Lilly was saying is that he took that as a veiled threat. And I think that was a surprise to Brian Lilly, but I doubt it surprised you. It didn't surprise me. And, and so from very early on, Wee's PR team was pretty aggressive in response to my questions, many of which, especially at the beginning, were pretty benign. I sent them 11 questions early on, and they responded with 32 of their own questions about my questions. And so eventually, um, the PR team stopped talking to me. Wee's lawyers took over communications, and I was told by one lawyer how the damages would be enormous. That's, that's the word he used, enormous, if I did publish my reporting and how defamatory my work was. This was the typical tone of emails I received when I sent them questions. It could be one question, five questions, no matter what. It was always pretty intense, the, the pushback to me asking anything. Yeah. And I want to be clear. I'm not complaining necessarily that they gave us uh, all that stuff. It's just sort of like, if you answer our questions and give us a lot of extra stuff, that's fantastic. It was often instead of answering the questions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at times, uh, in, in my opinion, it felt a bit diversionary for me to be reading, you know, 10 pages about something I didn't ask about instead of just getting a, a one-line answer to something I did ask. Uh, they're free to respond uh, as they please. And I mean, I, I'm still proud of the work that we did with the responses we got from them. So Jesse, you know way more about what happened next. So let's sort of switch roles here. I'm going to ask you some questions about your reporting. How did all of this pop back up after laying dormant for so many months? Just when I thought that we could leave the geeky procedural Ottawa conflict of interest stuff to our colleagues who cover parliament, a source dumped a bombshell on my lap. Which was what? Receipts. Proof of the conflict of interest that the media was uh, was asking about. Proof that we charity had misrepresented the truth and that Justin Trudeau likely uh, stayed quiet about the truth. Generously, at best, he was ignorant of the truth. I find it harder to believe that he didn't know about what we found out, which turned out to be hundreds of thousands of dollars paid to his brother and mother. And uh, the proof was... Two invoices sent by Margaret Trudeau's speaking agency, which full disclosure represents me uh, for my paid speaking stuff. They sent invoices in two parts, totaling $7,500 for her speaking fee at We Day UN in 2017. And Jaron, the entity that they sent it to, I mean, that itself would contradict We, that the We organization as a whole never paid Margaret Trudeau. But the entity that they sent it to was Free the Children, which is the former name of their charity. It's now called We Charity. There it was. It, it, it was, uh, for that claim at least, a smoking gun. And I was able to uh, verify the authenticity of that document. And then I sent it to everybody involved for comment. Uh, what, what, what do you make of this? Because this is not what the public was told. And... We gave we a deadline, and when that deadline approached, we got a response. And it's interesting, after Brian Lilly called out we for having this defamation lawyer respond to press inquiries, a different email address started to respond to the questions that we sent we, and in a very different tone, uh, pr at we.org. 
much more friendly said, can you give us 15 more minutes to answer your questions? I know it's your deadline, but can you give us a bit more time? But as soon as they asked us that, it occurred to me, is this a stalling tactic? Are they going to try to get ahead of us? And what often happens in this business is that, yes, they'll give us answers to our questions, but they'll also seek what's called a friendly. They'll seek another news organization. They might give the other news organization those answers first and hope to get a, uh, a less damaging version of the story out through a different news organization. That is my speculation at the time of what was happening. And so when we did get those answers, I think it was a bit more than 15 minutes later, but not much longer, I was floored because rather than simply dealing with the part of it that we knew about, they were forthcoming with information we didn't know about. And what they told us was, yes, the WE organization has paid both Margaret Trudeau and Sasha Trudeau, and the total amount was significant. The total amount that they paid was $352,000 for multiple speaking engagements. And Jaron, even beyond that, they said $64,000 of that came from our charity. They called it an error. And I'll read from their statement. They said, we have discovered that for a number of speeches, there was an error in billing slash payment. The charity paid the speaker's bureau directly and the charity was reimbursed by Me Too Social Enterprise. That's their for-profit. This was an error, they wrote. And as soon as I saw that, uh, with my earlier suspicion that they might be feeding this to somebody else, I thought, we need to report this immediately. And even though we wanted to take our time to put all of their comments and responses in context of our article, I made sure that our official Twitter account, working with our news editor, Jonathan Goldsby, we just put out a breaking news alert that uh, we have learned that the WE organization has in fact paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Trudeau family. And then sure enough, four minutes later, the CBC ran uh, like a like a stub, like a quick breaking news brief, which the original version, the initial version of it was little more than them repeating the statement from WE Charity. I want to talk for a second, Jaron, about this billing error slash payment error, because that's sort of just being repeated kind of uncritically by a lot of media. You know, WE says that it's an error, their, their business side paid the charity back. Perhaps it was an error, but it was not one error. We knew from, from the invoices we had that there were two payments, twice their charity paid for Margaret Trudeau's speaking events. But now that we know that it's $64,000 that the charity paid, uh, this would have been many, many billing slash payment errors. So that is relevant because it's, it's not like somebody at WE was like logged into the wrong bank account and hit send payment once and, you know, whatever, people make mistakes. This was something that they did again and again. And after they did it again and again and again, they, they told CBC initially, we have never paid an honorarium to these individuals for their involvement. And that statement came from We Charity. So only when they were confronted with proof otherwise did they come forward with this other information. And they said, we corrected that error. Okay, all that money was paid back. Our business entity paid back our charity entity. But you know what? They didn't say when that reimbursement happened. So like for all we know, they didn't do that until we reached out to them with these questions, until they found out that we knew about it. So Jaron, I mean, you can only imagine our response when we saw that CBC news story. I mean, we broke the news. I mean, that's just like a, a fact. 
uh, that we reported it and thousands of people read from us, you know, four minutes, uh, the tweet went around wildly. But, you know, CBC kind of marked the story with their first breaking news story, and they were bragging about it at first. Now, an admission that members of the Prime Minister's family were in fact paid to speak at WE Charity events. Trudeau's mother, Margaret, has received $250,000 for speaking at 28 different WE events, and his brother, Alexandre, took in $32,000 for speaking at eight WE events. The CBC's Janice McGregor broke this story, and she joins us now from Ottawa with what she learned. So, Janice, great work today. I saw you on Twitter going on about that, Jesse, and honestly, you're in the middle of reporting a story. It's a major story. It's still unfolding. Why are you so obsessed with who gets credit for it? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. I think that there are like really serious reasons why it matters how this story gets credited. This is just starting. This is big. There is, of course, uh, an investigation from the ethics commissioner into Justin Trudeau. There are two different parliamentary committees convening to uh, investigate this. Conservatives are now calling for a criminal investigation of this matter by the RCMP. The bloc is asking for Justin Trudeau to step down Uh, The conservatives are trying to reconvene parliament so that they can grill him about this. And there are now rumors that some liberal MPs are planning to move against Justin Trudeau and ask him to step down and have Christian Freeland take over as acting prime minister until all this is sorted out. So this is a full blown scandal, Jaron. It just gets more serious every day. And there are going to be rigorous, detailed questions coming up from multiple interested parties and multiple investigators, media and otherwise, possibly police, about what we as an organization knew, when they knew it, what did the PMO know, and when did the PMO know it, those are all coming. And because both the WE organization and the Prime Minister's office have told the public through the media things that turned out to not be true, parsing through all that information is going to be detailed and messy. Uh, And part of that story is how those parties acted when confronted with information that contradicted their public statements. That's going to really matter. How they handled the press, how they behaved towards the press is going to really matter. And how the press behaved, that matters too. You know, we tried to get ahead of the story by sending their statement to the CBC. And, you know, to get specific about this, the way they tried to kind of zhuzh the message was they tried to minimize how much money they'd paid to Margaret and Sasha Trudeau. They really put a lot of emphasis on the fact that uh, of what Margaret and Sasha Trudeau received, not what we paid. Because, of course, the speaking agency takes a 20% cut. Now, that makes it sound like a slightly smaller scandal. Uh, but this is charity money. Who cares how the Trudeaus divvied it up, how much the agent got, how much their hairdressers got, uh, how much they paid in taxes? I don't care how much they netted. The issue for we is how much did you pay them? So I could see why we would try to spin that, but why would the media allow itself to be spun? But I want to kind of say to the wider media here, this is a bit of a digression, but everyone is still acting like this is an organization that uh, has a absolutely unimpeachable record of credibility. We are not dealing with an organization that has always provided dependable information. The WE organization said that their charity doesn't pay celebrity speaking fees. That turned out to be false. Mark Kielberger said that the PMO called him directly to offer him that $900 million plus contract. And he now says that that is false. WE Charity said that in the case of the Trudeau specifically, these individuals, we never paid them. That turned out to be false. 
And now on social media, we see uh, we see the musician Julie Black, and she's like done tons of work for them. She's hosted We Days. Also, Theo Fleury, who I understand is a uh, someone who used to play um, professional hockey. <laughs> both of them are saying that we represented themselves to them. That when they said, oh, do we get paid for all this work we're doing at We Days? Uh, or in the case of Theo Fleury, w- will you pay me if I do a We Day? They were told no speakers get paid. All these celebrities are donating their time. And I'll, I think it's worth quoting Jelly Black here. She said, I think I was pimped by We Day. They said everyone donated their time. I believed them. Yeah, and it's so sad because Julie Black added in her social media messaging about this stuff that her mom was dying while she was doing this stuff. She was going to Wii events and helping out for free while her mother was on her deathbed. And they were dishonest with her about... Um, no speakers getting paid. Some speakers were getting paid and she wasn't. And and I'm sure she feels betrayed and hurt and probably wishes that she had spent that time with her mother because this organization was dishonest with her. And I mean, there is there is an issue with credibility, um, and especially when we think about how we has described this separation between the charity and the for-profit business. I mean, when I was doing my reporting, I had so many former employees tell me that they were hired by one entity, but they did a lot of their work for the other entity uh, in practice. They also told me that they shared office space. So I think it's also important to remember um, that even back in 2018, I was asking them questions and their answers didn't necessarily turn out to be true. Yeah, I mean, Jaron, like, as you know, when you quote a source and the media is going to be quoting the We Organization a lot in the days ahead, their credibility and their history with the press does matter. And it's easy to get burned if, if you think that you're dealing with a completely golden uh, and, and reputable organization. You know, Catherine Cullen, senior reporter for the CBC, she took the early statement from the We Organization that, you know, they've never paid the Trudeaus, neither their business nor the charity. And uh, she, like, made a point of repeating that claim as if it were a fact and not a claim when she was summarizing the story on CBC's podcast Frontburner. His mother as well, who's been very active speaking about mental health, she has also done work with we. And when we say work, I think it's important that everybody know by work, we do mean unpaid work. We says that uh, none of the Trudeaus have ever gotten an honorarium. So Jaron, back to your question, why does it matter that Canada Land broke this first? It matters because our role in this speaks to their credibility. The fact that they only coughed up the truth about paying the Trudeaus when we showed them that we had proof of that, that fact is part of the story. They didn't offer that info to the CBC, I will speculate, because they suddenly believed, wow, we've got to be transparent. We feel the public deserves answers. Let's give this to the CBC. No, they kept that all to themselves, I believe, right until we showed them that we had proof of it, and only then did they come clean. So those facts matter, and they might matter a lot, because if you got this from the CBC and you believed CBC when they said, we broke the story, this is our story, and you just read that initial story, you as a newsreader could reasonably walk away from that thinking that we had made some small technical billing payment error, the WE organization caught that error, they corrected it, and then they proactively came forward to the press to come clean about it. No big deal. It's just a little technicality. And you would have reached false conclusions. So when when Canada Land demands accurate credit, 
I think that's just part of demanding accurate reporting. And when you see another news organization getting your story wrong and you fought so long and so hard to get accurate facts on the public record, uh, of course you're going to protest that. Uh, if you say, as initially reported by the CBC and it wasn't, you're getting the, the story wrong. So yeah, I mean, I stomped my feet about this on Twitter. And uh, the, when the CBC realized what had happened and you know, frankly, how they were being used by we, the CBC, to its credit, across many of their different shows, included all of this background context and included credit for Canada Land in their you know, next round of reporting. We, we only seem to really know about this because Canada Land had the receipts. It was going to report that the Prime Minister's mom got a lot of money from the WE charity. The WE charity reached out to CBC after it was contacted by the website Canada Land with questions about the fees paid. Yeah, so what happened is that the WE charity disclosed this information to the CBC, but it only did it because the charity had to, and that's because Jesse Brown, who's the publisher uh, of Canada Land, he literally had the receipts. That is why... I think it's important that we get credit for this and I want the credit, you know, I, I want the credit for Canada land. I want the credit for you, Jaron. I mean, like that was not an easy story to report. So yeah, I made a big stink about, about it. And, and lots of people online were outraged on our behalf and boosted that message and it worked in between me yelling at people to credit Canada land. Uh, I found time to report out some other information that came into us Namely, that uh, Trudeau cabinet member, uh, finance minister Bill Morneau, is also linked to the WE charity through his family. Um, he has two daughters who are connected. One of his daughters spoke at uh, WE Day Ottawa, and uh, WE tells us that she was not paid for this. She wrote a book, and Mark Kielberger gave an enthusiastic endorsement. He blurbed her book. It's on the cover of her book. So she benefited uh, from her association with the Kielbergers that way. And then uh, Bill Morneau has uh, another daughter who currently works for the WE organization. So those connections between the Morneau family are certainly relevant given this $912 million contract since dissolved and the fact that he did not recuse himself from discussions about that. But they're also relevant because Bill Morneau, a year ago, announced a $3 million federal government grant to the WE organization. Uh, what else? Um, you know, it's just like things happen every hour, it seems. The WE.org website, which, Jaron, I know you're very familiar with, pages are just disappearing. They seem to be scrubbing a lot of pages about their media partners, their corporate partners. Lots of stuff is, is, is disappearing. And if you go, you know, any website can publish a robots.txt file, which is a, a, a list of web pages that they want to block from Google. They don't want Google to index those pages. They don't want uh, the Wayback Machine to archive those pages. That list of pages that they do not want on the internet and, and which they've removed from their site, it has been, it is very long and it has been growing every day. While they're unpublishing a bunch of stuff, they published something new that uh, is up just in this past week that had never been on their, their website before. And I think Brian Lilly's questions to them might have something to do with it. It's this document real estate philosophy. I think that's interesting. And it goes on about the organization's philosophy about why a charity should own uh, over $40 million of real estate. What else? The Toronto Star, they had a scoop. Alex Boudelier at the Star, he reported that we has now laid off 450 more employees, which uh, comes after an earlier wave of layoffs in March, um, which uh, we has not told us how many people were laid off in March, but I understand it was the majority of their staff. 
They put gag orders on all of these newly laid off people, according to the star. Now, two sources told Alex at the star that we had promised them that their contracts would extend to the end of the summer and that we reneged on that promise. And um, I think it's relevant context, like the fact that those layoffs are being tied to the volunteer contract uh, disappearing, that's political fuel for uh, the kind of pro-liberal, pro-Justin Trudeau message. Uh, as can be expected, Justin Trudeau, Liberal Party loyalist Twitter is feeling a bit a bit shaky and uh, there's a lot of pushback, the usual stuff. You know, this is a big nothing burger. What's the scandal working with a charity? No scandal to see here. And uh, won't somebody think about the children? Is This is a big shame because the youth, the youth, as, as Justin Trudeau said, you know, this is unfortunate because, you know, a lot of volunteers are going to have a harder time volunteering and now add to that. And now a lot of people are laid off. So, you know, thanks a lot, Canada Land. And, and this is taken as proof of that. That kind of dissonance, by the way, Jaron, on Twitter, it's all like, uh, you know, you're reporting all over again because you've got uh, other Twitter accounts that look a lot like bots. And we we reported before that there was some kind of a, a bot campaign against Canada Land's reporting. And now there are these suspicious looking Twitter accounts that are all retweeting identical messages, tweeting to material that supposedly disproves and debunks your reporting and and me. And Jaron, while we're talking about funny business, uh, something really alarming happened where a former WE employee got a bunch of phone calls that she missed. Uh, they just showed up on her uh, caller log, you know, like, like caller ID. And those calls were from me. They were from Jesse Brown. One of them was from my actual phone number. And um, two of them were from uh, like a random phone number from British Columbia. And what is weird about that is that I have never called this person. There are techniques and strategies called spoofing where you can call somebody and have it show up as somebody else's phone number. And the idea that somebody is posing as me and approaching former we employees is very concerning to me as a reporter. Um, And I think it's just something that I want to make sure is out there and known, especially to former we employees. Listen to this. If you want to give me information or if you get some phone call that seems to be from me, my DMs are open on Twitter, or you could just email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com and I will confirm to you whether I am me and we'll figure out a secure way to communicate. Okay. Uh, what about Kenya? Where's the Kenya stuff? Yeah, it's easy to lose that in all of this, isn't it? Um, Kenya is not going to be, I don't think, a part of this rapid string of revelations. Uh, this is not that kind of story, not unless somebody else gets ahead of us first, which, I mean, please, by all means, uh, the more journalism looking into what's happening there, the better. The Global Mail has an Africa correspondent. I mean, have at it. But okay, Kenya is where the allegations, I think, get even more serious and Canada Land is pursuing them. And there's actually been some interesting progress on that on our end, but um, I'm not going to get into it. It's going to take some time to bring you um, a full report on that. And Jesse, to my amazement, there are still people, like you said, calling this a big nothing burger. There's nothing to see here. Think about all the children that are making less money because of you. Uh, What do you think the stakes are? Why does all of this matter? What would you say to those people? I mean, the stakes are literally whether this government is going to fall or not. I don't think that's going to happen, you know, but 
this is a minority government. You know, the bloc is is uh, calling for Justin Trudeau to step down. If they lose the support of the other parties, this could also happen because, like, you know, before this, Justin Trudeau was looking for an excuse. I this is me as my uh, dime store pun- political pundit, but his 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 polls were incredibly high, and uh, you know, you you might think he was looking for an excuse to call an election, and this might give him one. He might think that this could be to his benefit, and he could walk away with a majority because you know. It's not that Canadians don't care about this. I think Canadians really do care about this, but I don't know that the other parties are giving Canadians an attractive alternative to Justin Trudeau. So he might seize this opportunity to uh, to kind of call the bluff and call an election. But that kind of political analysis, I will leave to the political pundits. You and I set out, with the help of Jonathan Goldsby and other people who helped us, we, we, we all set out to investigate a charity. And I think the obvious question throughout that, from ourselves, from our audience... You know, when you investigate a charity, the bottom line is, where does the money go? All of that money that the WE organization raises in our classrooms, they're in over 18,000 schools, many of them public schools in Canada. All of the money that Canadians work to raise for them, all of the money that Canadians donate to them, how is it getting spent? Is any of it going where it should not be? supposed to go for clean drinking water, supposed to go to build schools. Is any of it going somewhere else? Well, now they have said that in at least two cases, charity money didn't go to charity. It went to celebrities. It went to their own employee in Kenya, who they say was stealing from them. They admit that. Now, they also say that every penny in both cases has been accounted for and reimbursed. The charity was made whole. But let's not lose sight of, of what has been revealed so far here. Their charity paid tens of thousands of dollars to Margaret Trudeau that should not have been paid to her. And they did that again and again. That's what they've told us. In Kenya, the guy running the whole operation, they say, was stealing from them. That's what they told us. What I want to know is, are those the only times that it happened? And I, I also want to know things just like, I want my curiosity satisfied. Like when they say their uh, then country director for Kenya and Tanzania, Peter Ruhio, was stealing money from them. This guy, he has yet to be convicted of any crime. They say he stole this money and then he just gave it all back. How did that happen? So we're continuing to investigate. I, I think that the press's focus still remains on what the PMO did wrong I am still focused on the other side of this. I want to know everything I can find out about We Charity and the We Organization. And Jaron, I'm kind of curious from your perspective. I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like watching this thing explode. Are there any like loose ends or lines of inquiry that you didn't get to that you feel were kind of unfinished, unresolved business that you would like to see pursued right now? Definitely. I think the thing I spent a long time looking at was the real estate holdings, primarily in Canada. I didn't end up writing much about that. I touched on it in my last story in terms of we employees who used to work, uh, uh, who used to live at these homes in the Cabbage Town area where we used to be headquartered. They used to live there. It was housing provided by we. And when I was doing that reporting, I actually got a legal threat for knocking on a door of a place where these we employees used to live. Um, they said they had caught me on security cameras trespassing, and I was just door knocking. That's something that all reporters do. Uh, it's very normal. There's nothing weird about it, but that is something that uh, warranted a, a sort of legal warning 
from from their counsel. Well, yeah, I want I want to actually remind people about that legal warning because, like, if you read that legal warning, it was not sent by the We organization. It was sent by a, an attorney representing the Kilberger's parents, Fred and Teresa Kilberger. And if you read the warning, it would sound like you know one of your reporters came to a residence of the, of Fred and Teresa Kilberger. Like you'd think from this, or you might reasonably think from this, that they live there and you were trespassing was a word they used. Harassing was a word they used. They threatened to call the authorities if you returned. They don't live there. Fred and Teresa Kilberger do not live. I believe it's a daycare, but the, the, uh, the, the legal letter really did on its own suggest like that, that Candeland was, was doing things that, that reporters shouldn't do. And as you say, knocking on a door of a residence that is associated with a story and seeing if somebody's home to talk to you is just standard shoe leather, you know, since time began, that's what reporters do. Yeah. And, and they made, they made it seem like I was doing something wrong, which, which I wasn't, but I mean, that was kind of the, the strategy they used to discourage me from reporting on them. And so in terms of other loose ends, I think that their development work has been criticized really heavily in the nonprofit world. In their circles, there's a lot of criticism about how we goes about their development work. And I think a broader audience would probably be really interested in hearing what those experts think about that. Jaron, after all of the work and, and the stress and the legal threats, how does it feel to finally have your work recognized and validated uh, as something that people really needed to be looking into? It feels really good. I mean, we obviously did get some um, reception back at the time, but I think that's been ampl- amplified now. A lot of people have given me credit for doing this work not so long ago, and I really do appreciate it. It's It's good to see other people build on your story. But I do want to make it really clear that this is not a story I've been reporting on for a while. And so I want to shout out Chris Nardi of the National Post, Mackenzie Gray at CTV, Alex Boudelier at the Toronto Star, Bill Curry and Marika Walsh at the Globe and Mail, and of course you, Jesse, for continuing this reporting and focusing on the issue at hand. I think that you guys are doing a great job, all of you. Do you, do you kind of miss it? Or are you like so glad that somebody else is doing this so you don't have to? <laughs> I mean, reporting on a really big story is what every reporter wants to do. So in that sense, I miss it. But how many how many times are you checking Twitter about this story every day? Constantly, constantly. Yeah. I will admit that I am checking Twitter. Con- but I mean, a lot of people are because the story is huge, right? The implications are massive. And obviously, I have an interest in this because this is something I dedicated almost a year to. It, actually, I think it was more than a year. If you really think about when I started working on this, it was more than a year. And so... In a sense, I do miss reporting on the story. Uh, I do not miss all the stress. I do not miss all the legal threats. That's stuff that uh, I don't need in my life. I don't want in my life. But it's certainly a massive story. And I'm glad that I had some part in, in it, even if it was sort of a precursor. This never would have come to light without your work. Uh, thank you for it. And I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> That is your Canada Land. It has never been easier to support the work that we do by clicking on the link in the show notes or going to canadalandshow.com slash join. You can email me about today's show at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything that you send. We are on Twitter at Canadaland. Our website is canadalandshow.com where you can read our recent reporting on this story and you can listen to Commons and Oppo and everything else that we publish. Kasia Mihailovich is our senior producer. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Syndication of this show is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like us, 
please support us. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.